The NBA is back, but who's coming out of the East and the West? Today I'm joined by Scott Wagner on the podcast to talk about the favourites to come out of each conference and also some dark horse picks. Stay tuned and listen to the podcast and let us know what you think. Welcome back to another episode of the Fine Margin Talk podcast. Obviously, you can all see that I'm joined by a returning guest, uh, Mr. Scott Wagner. How are you doing, mate? Good to be here, Michael. Good to be here. Having a good one. Having a good one. So uh, today I thought, since the NBA is three quarters of the way through, because they've, had a sh- they've got a shortened season this year, they're th- about three quarters of the way through now, I thought we could have a little talk about it and see who we think is going to get into the um, finals, who's going to come out of each division. And also some dark horse horse picks that we can uh, have a little chat about. So let's start with the Eastern Conference, which is notoriously it's been called East is the least, but I think nowadays it's a bit it's a little bit different that rhetoric. So uh, who do you who's like your your favourite to come out of the East this year? Well, the consensus favourite right now is the Brooklyn Nets, and if you look at the roster, you understand why. You've got James Harden, you've got Kyrie Irving, you've got Kevin Durant. The scoring potential there is outstanding, and indeed, they're one of the top offenses, not just in the league, but of all time. Mm -hmm. You add in role players like LaMarcus Aldridge, Blake Griffin that they added midseason, you've got the potential for a really, really strong team. And the scariest part about this is their stars haven't even played together that much. You know, the tandem, that trio of Irving, Harden, and Durant has only played together seven games this season. So there's potential to be even better than they are. That's the consensus pick. But I, I don't buy it. I think there are I think there are key weaknesses with the Brooklyn Nets that we can get into on this podcast. And I actually think the strongest team right now, give, if Embiid can come back healthy, yeah, is yeah. the Philadelphia 76ers. It's all contingent on Embiid's health. But I think they're the ones I would point to as the favorites in the East. With the Nets... I think what you're pointing to with their key area, key area of weakness is their rim protectors, DeAndre Jordan, and he's very old, and he can't he can't he can't play 35 minutes a game. He's not he's not uh, athletic enough to do that anymore. And when they traded for Harden, the only gripe I had about it was they traded away Jarrett Allen, which I thought I thought it was an, like in terms of young bigs that are coming through, I thought he was one of the best that like, you could definitely have him on your team and he can be well in that team it would have been a fourth option but he could give you 20 when you need 20 from him especially if one of them one of the big stars are injured and with the big stars i read somewhere that between their between their team they have 41 all-star appearances between them all which is obviously that's the largest ever obviously and when they made the trade to james harden it's it became very clear that it's either going to, it's championship or bust. It's championship or bust, and there's no two ways about it. But let's also, you point out the interior is the big problem, but I want to throw this back at you, Michael. In our lifetime, how many NBA champions have finished outside the top 10 in scoring defense? Uh, not many, not many. <laughs> two. One of them was the first Golden State Warriors team with Steph and Draymond and Klay Thompson. They finished 11th, Mm -hmm. so just barely outside the top 10. Still a very, very good defense, but combine that with the high-powered shooting and you were all good. The other was the 2001-2002 Lakers team with Shaq and Kobe. And the only reason they finished near the bottom in defense was because Shaq and Kobe didn't care. It was the regular season. They didn't need to play defense. Mm -hmm. They, they Mm -hmm. They were on holiday. 
The Nets are 25th in total defense right now. 25th. Yeah. That's not just bad. That's colossally bad. Now, of course, they make up for it by having one of the best offenses we've ever seen. Mm-hmm. But teams that have that bad of a defense don't win in the postseason. And one of the reasons for that is that most of the time during the regular season, the game plans are sort of put together at the last minute. You know, you have one assistant coach going over game film saying, okay, let's, this team does this, let's try and throw this in. Yeah. Come postseason, you're playing against better teams. And you have seven games. And you have and you seven can make games, a, you so can you make have a game more plan. time to you can put make a together game plan. Yeah. a game plan. Now, of course, the Nets might try and figure out a way to put in defense, but this is where the ego comes into this. Are you really going to be able to look at Kyrie Irving or James Harden and say, hey, buddy, you need to sit on the bench for a little bit. Nicholas Claxton's coming in for you. <laughs> yeah. You that's going to go over well, like in the fourth yeah, quarter the of a win or go home game? Yeah. No, with, of course not. With that, with that OKC team back in the day when Durant and Westbrook were very young and also when Harden was on that team, Harden never started with them. He was always the sixth man on that team because I've seen, I've seen podcasts and interviews about where, where they've all spoken about, well, mainly Durant, he's spoken about it in recent history, saying that it just, it, too many stars, there's too many mouths to feed when they're all on the, on the, on, on the court at the same time. So, Kyrie, think- in my opinion, if, if that has to happen, Kyrie's going to be have, have to be the guy who's going to take a back seat. And he's not that, he's not the type of guy, he's not going to be willing to do that because he's, he's not that personality. It depends on the game plan. I actually might make Harden take a backseat just because his defense is so dreadful. It's rubbish. Ky- yeah, Kyrie it's rubbish. can play defense. Kevin Durant's a very good D yeah, defensive yeah, yeah. player just because he's so lanky. And and Kyrie, you kind of need him to run the point. He can he can be a decent perimeter defender. James Harden can't play defense. He's never been good at playing defense. So I think he's the one that would have to sit if you need that defensive specialist in there. But like we were saying, they've only played seven games together as that trio. Really? It's only been seven? I didn't know it was that It's only been seven games this season that they've all three been been active. Now that means, hey, maybe there's more potential here. But that also means they're going to be figuring out a lot of this on the fly. Mm. You know, you think back to that big three with with the original big three, with D. Wade, with LeBron, with Chris Bosh. It took them like three quarters of a season to really start to mesh. Yeah, I think... They were just a tad over 500 after the first like 25 games. Then everyone was like, oh, what's, is this going to work out? Is, there, is it too many mouths to feed? And I think they realized towards the end of the season, like you said, that Chris Bosch has got to be that guy who's taken a step back and like be mm-hmm. be the third option, which he obviously he wouldn't have been on another team. With and it started though, to mesh with other role players on yeah, that team. You know, yeah. that's the other thing is it wasn't just the LeBron and Dwayne Wade show. You could get, you know... 10, 15, even 20 point games from some of the role players. Like, oh God, I haven't thought of Birdman in ages, but like he was Mario Chalmers as well. Mario Chalmers. Mario Chalmers there. But they started to integrate those role players and it worked as a unit. And I'm not sure, given the turnover that the Nets have had this season, that they've been able to do that. Right? Yeah, because it's all well yeah. and good. But once like, we get to the postseason, it's a different beast. Like you said, those role players, they'll also be seeing that otherwise, a he like Chris Bosch would have been a star on any other team, and they see that a star is willing to take that back seat and like facilitate. As it, I mean, like allow the two better better players like be that key, be those key men. What I've noticed about the Nets though is um, with James Harden especially, he's reverted back to. Do you remember when Russell Westbrook got his first triple double season, and everyone was like, "Oh, this is the best thing we've ever seen in my life." Mm-hmm. Not gonna lie, I thought uh, I thought. 
the thing is you had to give the MVP to Russell Westbrook that year because he did he dragged an, a pretty poor OKC team to the playoffs and he did it in like with like a 30 point season and having a triple double but I think people forget that James Harden he I think he averaged 11 and a half assists that year eight rebounds and then like 30 odd points or whatever he does I thought he should well I thought he was the best player in the league that year Obviously, you have to give it to Westbrook. And you, you see this year, he's back with those similar similar assist numbers. He's, he's leading the league in assists. He's kind of taken that new role. He's not scoring as much. So he's, he's notoriously, he's also been very streaky from three. I think it's kind of helped him. Like, he knows when to shoot now rather than... He, he opts to facilitate rather than shoot a little bit more than he has been recently with the Rockets. And I like the look of that because I think it's a good look on him, especially even though Kyrie's a point guard, he's not, I think, I don't know how many times, I think his career high assist is only 12 or something like that. So he's never been like, he's, he's a he's a score first guard, he's a score first point guard. You mentioned earlier the 76ers, they're the, probably the strongest team in the East. I agree. I think they're very, very good. I think it's mainly because they've brought in Doc Rivers as their coach and I think He's implemented the game plan into that team where Embiid is the number one option and Simmons is the point guard. So, And in recent years, I think there was no identity to that team because they never knew who the number one guy was. And now they have a definite like identity. Embiid's the number one guy and he's kind of played himself. If he kept health, if he did keep healthy, he would have been in MVP con- contention, like no, no, no doubt. Mm-hmm. No, I agree with you. And I think... Not even that they didn't have an identity, it's that they were running with the wrong identity. You did, they really were trying to push Ben Simmons as this thing. And do you remember the ecstasy NBA fans had when Ben Simmons finally made a three? Oh. It, I, it, it, it was like, it was like Jericho had fallen. I, I mean. I was like, when he, like, he was great when he first came in. Obviously he was great. He averaged 16, 8 and 8, which is great for a rookie. But he, he didn't know how to shoot. And I see, I see all these analysts like the rubbish pundits that you get over in America, I'm sorry, like Skip Bayless and all that, saying that they'd take Ben Simmons over LeBron James okay, right please, now. I, I gotta pause you there. Please don't... We take no ownership of Skip Bayless. There are better ones. We wish we didn't have Skip Bayless. <laughs> Skip Bayless is, to us is like Piers Morgan to you guys. You guys don't want him, <laughs> but you're stuck with him. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, you see, not it weren't just him. Like He was the main guy that was saying it, but it was there was other people saying that, oh, right now I'd take Ben Simmons over... LeBron James I'm like what are you talking about like he, the guy can't shoot and in the playoffs it's never going to work because you just leave him a bit of space like you just defend him 10 feet off and he's not going to be able to get past you because he, he hasn't got enough room to play with he's got too much room to play with and he doesn't know what he's doing with the handles what I also like about the Sixers team Seth Curry I like him a lot he can shoot lights out he can light, shoot lights out and also their sixth man Shake Milton if he was a like sometimes he has a bit of a he has a few dud games where he has like five six points. If he can keep that consistency, he's a sixth man contender in my opinion. I like him a lot. I like him a lot. Mm-hmm. No, I agree with you. The thing, and this is, by no means are they a dark horse, but I think they're going to be more than just a small speed bump as the standings shake out right now. It would be Sixers versus the New York Knicks. 
in the first I round. I fucking love and you. I fucking love you because they're the, my the dark horse as well. The are, are going to beat the Knicks, let, let's yeah. face it. Unless something absolutely catastrophic happens. If Embiid and Simmons are both out for the series, then maybe we can talk. But they're not... That's going to be something. But the New York Knicks are a solid team that plays really good defense, and they're going to give the Sixers some trouble. That's going to be some close games there. I'm a, I'm a Knicks fan, so I've... They've played like 55 games this year so far. I'm just loving another, yeah, like uh, 53 games, 53 games so far. And I've seen about 30 of them. Well, I know they're, they're all very young. Rand, Julius Randle's taken a step up this year. He's definitely owned owned his place as the number one option. And also, I think when, once his contract runs out, he will be able to, I think he'll be able to keep it up. I think he will be able to keep up the level of play. They're number one in the league in defense. The only problem is they're also, I think they're 29th in offense, but they're number one in the league in defense. I don't worry too much about the offense, especially if it's in the playoffs, because playoffs, the defense wins wins your games in the playoffs. So they're going to cause people a lot of havoc because they're us, they are so dialed in. And the fact they're all young, they're all hungry to make that impact and like cause problems for those bigger teams. And they're going to, as the eighth seed or the seventh seed, they're going to feel that underdog mentality and I think it suits the Knicks these days because they've been so like, I've been a Knicks fan for like 10 years now and like oh when I first when I first was a fan it was the year they went 62 and 20 with Carmelo Anthony and then oh, since no. then we've been awful be I was like this is so fun this no. is so oh, I've picked a great team I've picked a great team and then we've made the playoffs like I think we made the playoffs the next season and then since we've just been absolutely awful and it's just been oh what am I doing but this year, it's been like a bit of a glimmer of hope, especially, I like the younger, I like IJ Barrett, he needs to be a bit more consistent, but I like him. The rookie we have, Immy Quickly, he's a great sixth man. I think he should be starting over Alfred Prayton, because I think Alfred Prayton's pretty rubbish, not going to lie to you. And, um, but Obi, and Obi Toppin's still finding his feet. I think his, the injury he got at the start of the season kind of derailed his like development. But yeah, the Knicks, I like a lot, I like them. I like, I'm a bit biased, but I like them a lot. And, and like I say, I don't think, I mean, they're going to be at the bottom of the Eastern Conference. They're likely, I mean, they still have to make sure that they get into the playoffs because the Pacers are nipping at their heels a bit. But they're going to go up against one of those big boys. They're going to go up against likely either Philadelphia oh, I'd Brooklyn, love it if you or played Milwaukee. Nets. I'd absolutely and love I it if you played the Nets. If you played the Nets, gonna... I'd love it if you played the Nets. It, they'll take a game or two. And, and I, I think they can push him, but I, I, I don't see them winning. I don't think they're winning and, and upsetting him. It's but, a but good, they'll, um, they'll it's a good like bench, like it's a, what would you say, a benchmark for them to build off, a, build off, like a good foundation for them to build upon. I just have, I have this romantic feeling about. Do you, you, you might know. Do you remember? I think it was 07, the We Believe Warriors. Do you remember the We Believe? I Warriors? vaguely do. Yeah. Well, like they were a bunch. I think in their last seventeen game, I think it's like two thousand seven or something. In the last, it was the first, it was the year that Dirk won his first, won his won his MVP. They finished eighth that year, but they, in their last seventeen games of the season, they had to win something like fourteen or something to even like sniff the playoffs. And then in the in the in the playoffs, they were the eighth seed and Dallas were the first seed. And I think it's one of like only like two or three times that the eighth seeds beat the first seed. I just have this romantic feeling that the Knicks are going to do the same thing this year, and it's going to be like one of those great things. Another team the that dark I dark horse. Yeah, go, you go ahead. Yeah, I, I have another dark horse. I have another dark horse. I think people are still sleeping on Miami because they didn't get to the finals next year. Oh mate, we agree on everything. We I love <laughs> culture, baby. Yeah, um, culture. 
they got to the they got to the bloody finals last year, and they've had they've had COVID COVID issues this year where people haven't been able to play. And uh, they're one of those teams that you know we talk about how the fact that the Nets haven't really played together that much this season, and that might be a detriment because it's a brand new team that they put together. You're not really sure how the pieces are going to work. Miami's a team that, because of injury and COVID, hasn't really played together much this season, but all the pieces are still there, right? The only kind of replacement is Jay Crowder out, Victor Oladipo in, and now Oladipo might still be hurt with a knee injury, so that injury bug they can't quite seem to get past. But all of those main pieces are still there with Duncan Robinson, with Jimmy Butler, with Tyler Hero. You've still got that core, and that defense is incredible. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Adebayo Dragic as well. I mean, the defense is one of the best things they've got going for them. Can they score enough points? Some of that just comes down to do Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero get hot. Duncan Robinson was AWOL during the postseason last year, and you could still make the argument that had they stayed healthy, they could have pushed that Lakers team. Yeah, well, yeah, because Dragic was their leading scorer in the playoffs, and he got injured for the finals, and I think people forget that because they they still won two games. They won two games, didn't they, I think? I'm pretty sure they won and, two and games. And Adebayo so. was hobbled as well. It was yeah, 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 yeah. He was injured. And Jimmy, G- oh my, I remember that went. game that Jimmy Butler had like one of the best performances he, he in, in, a, in a final. And then in his um, his post match press, conf- press conference, I don't know what you call it in America. It's called a press conf- post match press conference here. Like he just he was hobbling off the stage when he was doing like he could barely walk. I'm like, you left it all on the court there. You left it all on the court. Yeah. He has that, he has that um... Miami Heat. I think they're going to be a really good team. You know, they might, right now, they're stacked up against the Bucs, who, again, it's a great matchup for them. They knocked off the Bucs last season. It's just going to be all about health, yeah. right? If these guys are healthy, I think they are. They might even be the team to beat right now. But the problem is that you just don't, you have so many question marks on the health right now. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Let's go on to the Western Conference. Let's start with, like, who we think the big boys are. For me, I think it's it's just the for me it's just the LA teams. I don't buy I don't I don't know what it is. I just don't buy the Jazz. I don't buy it with the Jazz. Nobody ever buys the Jazz. Even when Stockton and Malone were running the town, yeah. Utah, nobody bought the Jazz, and they made it to two straight finals. I mean, this is okay. This might be controversial. Okay, I like they paid they paid Don Donovan Mitchell. I like that because he scores like he can score. He can score. I don't think def- like defense matters, but you, I don't know if he can give a max contract to someone like Gobert. I don't think you can do that these days because they're they're giving him forty a year. He like it's one of their two max contracts, and they're giving him so much money, and he doesn't really offer anything on the on the offensive end. Like he averages like fifteen points a game, or like, like you can easily make the case it's either him or Yanis is the best um, defender in the league. But you got to be able to score. Like the thing is, the Yanis he scores thirty a night, and Gobert doesn't do anything in terms of scoring. And I just think it's a problem. I don't think you can rely just on Donovan Mitchell to be able to do that. Because like you saw last year, they were 3-1 up against Denver. And then him and him and Jamal Murray had their little shootout. But also, you forget on that Denver team, they have Michael Porter, who can shoot 20 a night these days. And then you have Jokic, who's like an MV- he could easily be the MVP this year. And like, he was very, very good last year as well. It's just one of the... like, Yeah, the Jazz, I don't buy it. Lakers, I like him. I like Schroeder. I think's helped. I think he's better than Rondo these days. And obviously, you saw how impactful Rondo was on the, on the team last year. I think I like him a lot. And what, they got Montrezl Harrell from the Clippers, and I thought that was a great pickup because he was he was a sixth man last year. I'm pretty sure, sixth man of the year, pretty sure. And uh, 
yeah it's it's great it's great i, lo- I like to see the, it the, the, the conversation with the lakers though starts and ends with lebron and ad they got to self- stay that? healthy if, if they're healthy then the lakers can probably run through that no conference. one no one can defend that pick and roll no one can defend exactly. that pick and roll exactly and, and I, with gobert i think that's the thing that you need him there for is to be that that defensive touchstone to maybe slow down those two especially in the interior um so if he can do that then he then he's worth the money but can he and i don't know but again with the lakers the question is health you know lebron and ad are both still on the shelf i think they're slowly coming back it may well be that you know the typical thing with lebron this time of year when it's sort of the i just need to get to the postseason yeah i don't really need to these regular season games don't matter i, I i'll i'll play when it actually counts well you can't blame could, because i think in terms of in terms of playoff games, I think he's played like four more seasons of NBA basketball in terms of playoff games, and it's absolutely crazy. It's, it's unbelievable like how the fact he's in yes is he is he in year eighteen now. The fact he's in year eighteen, and you could still make a case for him to, for being the MVP of the league. It's crazy like, like and he spends I think he spends like two and a half million dollars a year on his body to keep keep it up. It's just man, like is the most durable athlete I've ever seen in my life, to be honest. But it, the thing that is true with the Lakers right now, especially because they're right in the middle of that conference, you know, obviously standings are going to move before we get to the postseason, but it's a tough run for them, even if that team's healthy. You're going to have to go on the road against Denver. That's not an easy, that's not an easy team to beat. Um, I think the Lakers are a better team, but that's not, that's not a walk in the park. Then you're going to have to go through either the Clippers or the Trailblazers. That's, that's no cakewalk. Yeah. Then probably the Jazz or the Suns. And I know you're not that high on the Jazz, but Jazz are a great team, and they're almost unbeatable at home. They're 24 at the moment. They are, yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, I don't, and yeah. I really like what the Suns are doing with Devin Booker, Chris Paul. Oh, uh, Chris Paul's given them a winning mentality. Like these, the only real, he's like the only real change that's been with them in the in the in the, in the off season, and they've just gone from no one ever believing they can make that step up to being. And DeAndre like, Ayton's been really good. At the yeah, he's been very good. He's well. been very good. I, I like him. Yeah. With the Clippers, I've, they're my other like favourites to come out of the West, I guess. Um, Rondo was a good pickup, I thought in the in the trade deadline. I like um, Kawhi and George. Obviously, I think that it's kind of undeniable how good they are. I think George, uh, Paul George gets a bad. Oh, it's deniable. He gets a, he gets a it's bad. Very rap. deniable. Uh, what do you mean? He gets a bad rap. I think he's a great player. Paul George is great until it comes to the playoffs. The guy um, tried to nickname himself Playoff P, which sounds like an erectile dysfunction. Uh, just, he just memed himself. He just memed himself like back in the day. <laughs> but I mean, Ka- Kawhi's great. You will not hear any Kawhi slander from over here. The guy, the guy is a bona fide superstar. It's Paul George that that I, I don't believe it. I, I just simply do not believe that t- that the talent and the will is there to win. I, I feel like. I feel like what happened is Kawhi Leonard is like, I need another superstar to come with me. Looked at the cupboard, the cupboard was bare, and like, all right, fine, I'll take a Paul George. Really? Um, okay. And I also, the Rondo pickup wasn't bad, but I, I still, Lou Williams was one of the really good players, and he's off with Atlanta now. Like, yeah, I they feel trade like, him away. I think they've, they they have a young guy. Like they have a... Rondo's a poor man's Lou Williams, and I know that's that's hurtful for a player of his career caliber, but let's call it how we see it right now rondo is not the player he once was and i think lou williams was a better fit there i think um they traded away lou williams i think they have a they have a young player called i think it's like Ty, tyrese Mann or something like that and i think they're envisioning him having a larger role in that team have you got any dark horses i've got, a, I've got quite a few in the west to be honest have you got any dark horses 
I think that's kind of a top-heavy conference, but but never count out Dame time is what I would say. Oh, he's my favorite player. Well, you can't. Like I honestly like. I could see the Trailblazers upsetting the Clippers. I could see that series at least go in seven games. I think that's going to be a good one. Um, but I recall Clippers a dark horse because they're bottom of the con- they're bottom of the playoff teams in the conference. You could, but obviously, defending champions, they can't really be a dark horse. But I think it's such a top-loaded conference. I think it's going to be the Jazz, the Suns, or the Lakers coming out of there. Okay, well, like you said, the Trailblazers. They, it's just the fact they're they're like kind of their big three like Nurkic, McCullum and Lillard they can't stay they can't all stay healthy at the same time which is annoying I thought they they picked up a good player they brought they brought Powell in from Toronto in the at the trade deadline what I thought was a very good pickup I think he's better than Gary Trent Jr to be honest even though Trent Jr had his like crazy run in the in the bubble I like it's something with the Mavs if Porzingis can stay consistent they have a really good shot, I think, because they have good bench players in Richardson and Hardaway Jr. Doncic is obviously, like, he's going to be the next... Like, after LeBron leaves, I think everyone kind of sees him. He's, he's going to take the mantle of the league as, as a, like, the face of the league. I, I like the Nuggets. Jokic, I, I think Jokic is great. And you've seen how well Jamal Murray's played in the playoffs before. And he's a bit streaky. Watching the Nuggets sometimes, Jokic does such stupid things with the basketball, and it works. And I don't know how the guy. He's a great, like, he's an unbelievable like there was passer. A clip from a few weeks ago where he like, stares at the floor, double dribbles the basketball, it just looks up and shoots, and trades the thing. I like his shot. His shot is so loot like arky. It's got a massive arc on it. I really like it. Michael Porter Jr. since the since the All Star break has been averaging twenty. Seven and seven, or something like that. Something crazy like that. If it's something crazy like that, and then Jamal Murray, obviously, we've seen how good he is has been in the playoffs before. He's I don't really count like his his regular season is to me. It's like he plays fine most of the time, but in the playoffs, you've seen how good he can elevate his team for definite. Yeah, Jokic is man. He's he's a he kind of he's given a new identity to what you need to be as a big man these days because he's. He can get you a triple double a night if he wants to, because he he's such a good passer. Like behind LeBron and maybe Doncic, you could make the argument he's the best passer in the league. No, I mean there's so many good players in those teams in the Western Conference. You know, you go through the list. I mean, Dallas is seventh, and you're like, yeah, they got Doncic and Porzingis. Like, yeah, yeah, I know. I mean, it's crazy. The lack of role players around him is one of the big problems there, but. What I would say is that I do think that conference is more top-heavy, but you're not going to see a lot of, you know, four-game sweeps or even five-game gentleman sweeps. You're going to see tightly-fought series most of the way. Yeah, for sure, but I do for think sure. the favorites are going to come out on top. So, the fi- finals. Who, who do you think the matchup's going to be? What do you think the matchup's going to be? So, I am going to go 76ers out of the East. I love the Heat. I think the Heat's going to give them everything they have, especially because the Heat's played well against the Sixers somewhat recently. But I do think the injuries are going to the injuries and the grind is going to take a toll on them. I, I like the Sixers to come out of the East, and I am actually going to go with the Phoenix Suns Ooh. out of the West. I'm going to. It's a rogue gonna, shot. That's a rogue shot. I mean, Chris Paul's got to make the finals at some point, right? Uh, I, mean, I mean, yeah, he's the best, the well, best point, so one of the best point guards ever, and he just can't get over that. Has he ever made the finals? I don't think he. Not, he's, he's never, he hasn't, made, he's the never made the. Has he ever made the conference finals? I don't think he's ever. Oh done yeah, because there was the uh, rock. He was on that Rockets team that missed uh, twenty-seven oh, straight yeah. threes. Did he didn't play in those games though. I think no, he, he didn't. He didn't he play. Injured. He he, he, was he played in that series, but not in that game. Yeah, 
he got hurt. So you could argue that the reason they didn't make it was because he didn't play. But they were they were up three two in that in that yeah, they were they up three two. One, I thought. I thought they were up three one, but maybe. But no, I, I mean Chris Paul is is a Hall of Famer, but yeah, guys never made the finals. But every team he joins gets better when he joins them. And like you said, look at the Suns right now. They were a mediocre to good team, and then they got Chris Paul, and suddenly they're you know one of the top teams in the league. Yeah, Devin sure. Booker yeah. also the star turn he's put in this season is incredible. Oh, I love Booker. Look, like there was the past couple of seasons, he's been great, and he just kept keep, kept getting snubbed from the All Star game. Which like, what's going on? Like these people just love the big teams, and they don't see the individual like talent that's happening. I'm gonna go Sixers as well. I think if well, it ha- Embiid has to stay healthy. That's the only caveat I'm gonna give it. Embiid has to stay healthy because otherwise. I'm not trusting Simmons to be getting 30 a night every night because <laughs> he can't bloody shoot. Um, I'm going to take the Lakers. I just think LeBron has that mentality. like He has that will to win. I just think he wants to catch at least... I think he at least wants to catch Kobe in terms of titles. And like he's so durable. Like He's playing at MVP level when he's like 37 or whatever. It's crazy. But I do think he, he's he's a great player. He he is he is the best player of our generation and no doubt a top five player of all time in the NBA. But Father Time is undefeated. And, and there's no there's been like, nothing there's been nothing to like suggest that it's catching up with him yet. This is one of the first seasons that he's missed significant time due to injury, except for the one earlier Lakers season. So some of these injuries are starting to catch up a bit. Yeah, and maybe. I just the reason that Anthony Davis is there is so LeBron James... I, I don't want to go so far as to say that LeBron James is a role player, because of course he's not he, LeBron James, but that LeBron James doesn't have to pull a Jimmy Butler and drag the team by <laughs> yeah. himself. Yeah. And that's what Anthony Davis is there for, and that's what hopefully the other players on that team are there for too. And I feel like he's going to be a great player. He's going to have a great postseason. But if the Lakers are counting on LeBron will take us to the finals... I don't think that's true anymore. Well, it's yeah, going to be a key yeah, part of them true. making it. They can't make it without him. But if they're like, "All right, everybody, hop on the wagon. LeBron's going to pull us there," I think they're, I think they're in trouble. Okay, okay. I still don't think he has. This. Like, thing is though, because teams nowadays they they've always got at least well, like the the ones you expect to win, they've always got at least two superstars. So if he's the one, mm-hmm. he needs he obviously he needs AD to stay healthy as well. Who. Uh, he stayed healthy last year, and you could have made the argument that AD was the Finals MVP last year. To be honest, um, so I think we've uh, exhausted the NBA talk there. Let's go on to the NFL. There's been a couple things happening in that world this week or in the past couple of weeks. I think the main one's probably been Sam Darnold was traded to the Carolina Panthers from the New York Jets. I think it was a second, a fourth, and a seventh. I think the second second uh, round picks for next year. It's going to be interesting because. I want to see what he can do with that Adam Gase. <laughs> I want to see what he can do with that Adam Gase. This was a... this is The biggest winner out of this trade is Sam Darnold. Um, because he's going to a system where there, there's a viable path to start. Right? Because we, we know what Teddy Bridgewater is. He, he's, he's kind of an Alex Smith type quarterback. That he's probably not going to lose you the game. But he's not going to win you too many games either. He, he's safe. He's steady. But he's also can be a little injury prone. So... This is one of the best landing spots for Sam Darnold in terms of trying to get to show that he's not a failure as a quarterback and that everything, blame the gangrene and blame the mononucleosis, blame whatever crap you have to over in New York that Sam Darnold can still perform at a high level. Um, 
What I think is interesting with this with the Panthers is what do you do this with Teddy? Was very clearly their second option. What because you think the show was? If you first? look at how, yeah, if you look at how they were moving some things around, I think they were all in on Deshaun Watson until things happened that made them go, "Oh, we can't be all in on that." Yeah, yeah. So, what do you think happens to Teddy Bridgewater now? He's going to start the season as as the starting quarterback for the Panthers. Do you think I so? Think. Do you think so? Do you not uh, think he goes to the Bears or anything Darnold like that? Darnold really has something surprising in the tank. I think one of the problems that Darnold's had with the Jets, but also going back to his days at USC, is he doesn't protect the football all that well. He does have yeah. a problem with throwing interceptions. And Teddy Bridgewater isn't great, but he is a bit better at protecting the football. So I think they're going to start with Teddy and then maybe move to Sam Darnold if the Panthers struggle. They're also in a very tough division, too. That Buccaneers team is really good. The Saints' mm. defense is still a very strong force, and the Falcons are going to be better. Um, so the option to experiment might be there in Matt Rule's second second league in the, his second uh, season in the league. Yeah. But I do think this is very much a... I think the Panthers were almost the big losers here. because They gave up a lot, I thought. They gave up a significant amount. I, th- I think the Jets get, got a pretty good haul back for him. But strictly talking in, in terms of on-field football stuff, there's no comparison between Darnold and Deshaun Watson. It's just oh, no yeah, comparison. Yeah, for sure, Deshaun for sure, Watson for sure. elevates your team to a playoff contender. Sam Darnold could maybe work. Yeah, it could um, maybe work, yeah. So I, I don't know how this really makes the Panthers that much better unless Darnold does a Ryan Tannehill. Um, I'm just thinking, like, imagine for some reason... Uh, Kyle Pitts falls to them in the draft, and then he's got McCaffrey as an option. He's got Kyle Pitts. He got he's got a decent receiving core. But like D, I like DJ Moore. I think he needs to be. He hasn't had like the best people to. He hasn't had the best QBs to be able to throw him the ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. I just, yeah, I think. They just so you no think the Jets? Do you think the... is? I think one of the risks there is that they've got some good, good, good skill players, but. One of the advantages of Teddy Bridgewater is he's a little bit more mobile than Darnold. Yeah. And whoever is going to be under center for the Panthers is going to have to be running a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Well, thing is with Darnold, like you see sometimes he makes these throws where he's like, can any other QB make that throw? Then he makes another throw on the next play and, and you're like, is this guy even the quarterback? <laughs> What's he doing but with the ball? See, the other guy who could make those throws is Jameis Winston. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Jameis' yeah. best throws are better than yeah. Darnold's best throws. And Jameis's worst throws are about the same as Darnold's worst throws. They're both kind of a make you turn your head and go, where the heck was that supposed to go? Yeah, for sure. Um, but for I sure. think this is good for Darnold. I think it is. He deserves a second chance. Yeah. I don't think it's rare that you get second chances in that league. And he's got one. He's not going to get a third, though. This is it for him. He's, he's got to perform at Carolina, and he's got to show people that it's it was just Adam Gase and it's not just him, or else he's going to go the way of a Josh Rosen. Do you think uh, that the Jets are nailed on to get Zach Wilson's at number two then, at the number two, in the number two pick? Everything I'm hearing is Zach Wilson to the Jets. and I don't know much about him, to be honest. Really live arm, really, really good character. He, he's got... He, he's... He's a bit cocky. He's got a good attitude. Um, I like that, though. The the tricky thing with this draft, and especially evaluating these quarterbacks, is, you know, we all, as we lead up to the draft, we always try and find intrigue, try and find, you know, diamonds in the rough. 
let's call it like we see it. This quarterback class is Trevor Lawrence and then a Grand Canyon-sized gap. Mm. And then the other guys. Yeah. Trevor Lawrence is far and away the best quarterback out here. We all, like, I... You will be hard-pressed to find somebody who would take any of the other quarterbacks over Trevor Lawrence. After him, though, there's upside and downside. Zach Wilson's got a really great arm, but he hasn't really played against tough competition. Guy went to BYU. BYU is a very good school, but they're not really playing against really fast defenses like you're going to see in the NFL. Mm -hmm. Mac Jones, good kind of game manager guy, also a really strong arm. He was playing with Alabama. How much of his stats and what we saw at Bama was yeah. the players around him and how much of it was him? Justin Fields, really athletic quarterback, really smart quarterback. But also Ohio State's offense doesn't lend itself well to the pros. Um, and then you could throw in like a Kyle Trask or something like that if you really want to be, <laughs> yeah. be spicy with it. But You have this thing about Kyle Trask. <laughs> you just don't like him. <laughs> He's so bad. I watched way too many Florida games this yeah. year. It was just awful. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of all I have on my docket, on my docket at least. Have you got anything else you want to like maybe bring up to finish off the show? If you want to show? talk Masters, we can talk Masters. We're recording this on oh, Sunday uh, afternoon. Oh, okay, we can talk then... a little. I know Matsuyama's in the lead at the moment, at least. Um, yeah. I think he, when I saw he was three three shots ahead before at least today opened. I believe he's uh, one shot up now, but obviously by the time people are listening to this podcast, we will have crowned a new Masters champion. Um, but what I, what I would more want to talk about is the way that it seems like we've kind of tried to shuffle Desha- uh, Deshaun Watson, Dustin Johnson's uh, Masters win back in November under the rug. A sort of a, oh, that didn't count. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> and in some ways, I mean, the course has played very different. It's been a much firmer, tougher test than it was in November when the conditions were really soft, the course was really gettable. But it very much seems like a, a win with an asterisk of, oh yeah, you won a Masters, but but mm, did you really did you really win a Masters? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I've read a few articles when he won it saying, you can't really count this because he got the highest score ever, or he got lowest score ever at the Masters, didn't mm-hmm. he? And people were saying, "Well, the course is completely different in the winter than it is in the spring, so you can't really count it as a thing," which is tough, I guess. But I, I don't know. I don't know how he's doing this year at all. To be honest, I haven't. Really, I haven't... Uh, he missed the cut. He missed the year. cut. He well, failed to make the weekend. Maybe that is something you should look at. <laughs> maybe. Just a thought. Just a thought. Just a thought. Um. So yeah, I think that's all we have time for today. Uh, we've gone for a good amount of time this little, for this little pod. So uh, keep watching, subscribe and follow on all the social medias and all that rubbish and like Spotify, subscribe on YouTube and uh, thanks for watching. Cheers.